The death of God is about the drying up of a horizon of meaning and of a whole form of human life. Where do we stand in the illusion it makes? What kind of space are we invited into? The material relations between people become social relations between things. When we look at toasters, corn, and TVs, we don't we see... We still, to a large extent, live in the interregnum between, between worlds, if you will, or between paradigms. Not many people in the history of the world have faced that. Zero Squared is the Zero Books Podcast. All right, Ben Burgess of the Give Them an Argument podcast and YouTube channel. Uh, the author of Give Them an Argument, Logic for the Left, uh, author of the book Canceling Comedians While the World Burns, uh, and all-around uh, leftist micro-niche celebrity and and good guy is the guest today. Uh, and we're going to talk about canceling and the culture war and his book Canceling Comedians. Um, but I wanted to start by Reflecting on our conversation yesterday, we were talking about how to publicize a book and, and what kind of content to create uh, around it. And we were both feeling, I think, tired of the culture war. <clears throat> Not that we were ever enamored with it. Right. But now, but now uh, it, it, it truly seems like a dead horse in a way. But on the other hand, it's just as prominent and dominant as ever with the uh, uh, arguments around and even legislation around critical race theory. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, every day on, on Twitter, you can find another example of the culture war happening. And I'm, I'm wondering why it seems so tired for uh, to us. And I, I'm thinking it might have some connection to what I'm going to say is the death of the dirtbag left. Mm-hmm. Um, that the dirtbag left could take up the anti a kind of an anti-woke, a nuanced anti-woke stance as a way to try to gain some political traction and get power within the Democratic Party. But since the loss of the Bernie Sanders campaign and <clears throat> the kind of feeling of overall defeat mm. around a myriad of issues like Medicare for All, um, that tool doesn't seem to be useful for anyone anymore except the right the anti-woke position just seems like a right-wing position now and um and and the left doesn't have any tools at the moment doesn't seem to have a way in what what remains of the dirtbag left or the the left what do you think yeah there's a lot there uh i I like that you introduced me as a leftist micro niche celebrity. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, was 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 talking to uh, uh, talking to my my younger brother um, a little while ago, and 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 we were we were talking about how we you know when I die I should have my uh, Twitter follower count on my tombstone. You know, it's like my, my proudest accomplishment in life. Right. <laughs> how many how many do you have? Uh, I want to say like thirty six thousand and change. Oh my God! You're you've got more than our imprint has. That is not right. We have to. You need to. to I'm going to have to follow your followers. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's tricky. Um, I do, by the way, finally have a take on critical race theory. But maybe we should save that for the parrot room. That's that's too. Uh, 
uh, you know, it's too hot for the main show, but, okay. um, or whatever, you know, can do it. Yeah, no, no, we'll save it for the parrot room. The, uh, needs to, to pony up five bucks to, to hear Ben Burgess's <laughs> hot take on critical race theory. So they can yeah. clip it out, pass it around on Twitter and get him canceled again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure we'll have a lot of really productive discourse on that. Um, but yeah, which is actually itself kind of, you know, leads in, I think the broader thing you're, you're talking about. Cause it's like, man, it's not like I don't have opinions about these things, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't have the, um, I don't quite have the same fire in my belly about it, you know, that, uh, that, that I had, uh, had like a year ago. Um, and maybe some of that is, uh, you know, I'm going to resist, you know, my, my personality and professional training. I'll make me want to nitpick everything about the framing, but I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm just going to go for the heart of the, the question, uh, you know, which well, is that do the nitpicking too. Cause we've got time to, to kill here. So, <laughs> but do the heart of the question first. Sure. I think on the heart of the question, I think that that, why is it that I don't feel quite the same fire in my belly about it? I think probably does have something to do with that atmosphere of defeat uh, in the last year and, you know, the last several months, especially that we've all been, uh, you know, been, been dealing with, you know, that, that I, I think probably, um, you know, certainly those of us who thought that, uh, the burning campaign was a really important political opening, uh, and, and probably even, probably even equally people who didn't, right. Cause like, just cause you, just cause you have that as an abstract position, right. Doesn't mean that your, your sensibility or your, your kind of sense of the direction things are moving in or, you know, or, or your, your feelings about it are going to be totally detached, you know, from, from those political changes mm -hmm. uh, that um, that, yeah, that, that I think that probably because of that atmosphere of defeat um, that, yeah, I mean, it's like in a weird way, I think I have in some certain respects actually become even more anti-woke than I was when I wrote the book. But like, I, I, I just, I, I get less excited about talking about it. You know, like, 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 I, I think that um, some of that probably does have to do with how much in, in the last year, the right wing has, has, has just uh, like, you know, jaws of death, you know, locked on to, uh, to some of these issues, you know, not that they haven't always done culture war, of course. I mean, that, that's, that's their main thing and has been for, you know, longer than, than either of us have been doing this, but like in a different way and, and, and in a way that, that has, um, that takes a lot of, I think, the justified critiques that are made uh, on certain things from within, you know, the left or just broadly progressive, you know, kinds of spheres and like just does this like weird indefensible caricature of it that doesn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that's probably some of it. Uh, but also I think that probably some of it is like, I mean, when you feel hopeful and then you say, okay, here's this crap that's getting in the way then uh, then you you might feel sort of like righteous indignation about that and uh, and 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 be like really eager to like sort of make your case you know for for moving away from all of that and when you feel defeated uh, then uh, but you're also just drowning in all that stuff that seemed like crap that was getting in the way before, uh, then it's you know you're probably gonna have a different emotional relationship to it, you know which which I know I am you know, I, I do now. I mean, I, I think that the, and that doesn't mean that I've 
given up on on any of it you know that i don't think that all those critiques that are made in the book are correct i certainly do um or or that it's not like important to to get away from all of that which i do i think maybe though that it's like i feel like um i i you know I don't know. I, I've, I've very mixed feelings about this. Uh, maybe this is more introspective than I should be in the main show. No, uh, go ahead. But I, I, I think that um, like on the one hand, I do feel like the pathologies of the left are things that we ignored our own peril and that the, uh, that it's, and that the instinct that a lot of people who who basically have the right views about a lot of this stuff, from my perspective, have to sort of ignore it all and 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 to kind of like you know grit your teeth and you know pretend that it's not going on, uh, I, I think can be a self destructive one because you know just just sort of taking that image that you know is a central point in the book of the of the DSA convention and you know people you know. Uh, doing points of personal privilege about whispering and crosstalk and how the guy who said whispering and crosstalk said, Hey guys, and Hey guys, it's gendered mm -hmm. language that like, mm -hmm. if you don't object to it, then those people become the face that everybody else sees during the, the only face that everybody else sees and, and you become identified with it. And, and if this is the only moment, you know, there's no telling what moment will happen to have, be lucky enough to have somebody's attention. And if, if that's the one, right, then, then you're screwed. So I think that that is that sort of strategic calculation about why it is that's actually important to plant that flag that, you know, you can be a leftist and hate all that shit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and, and you should be, uh, is is important to send a message to people who for whom all that stuff might i just want to say i agree with you <laughs> <laughs> yes uh people listening to this as a podcast uh doug doug just did the uh, the the jazz hands non-clapping affirmation <laughs> uh, but uh so yeah i think it's a really important signal to send and i still agree with that strategic calculation but i guess if we're just talking about emotional reaction um, I, I just, I, I sort of feel like, man, I don't know. I just want to be done with all like thinking about stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And there's a sort of, um, like, you know, Bernie Sanders, who in my, um, like if I'm tweeting about this, like I'll, I'll sort of do the like half ironic, half not, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to like really disambiguate it thing where like I refer to him as my beloved grandfather, you know, but, uh, you know, obviously I do, you know, obviously I do have my criticisms of Bernie Sanders and some of his strategic approach, especially since the election. But, um, but one thing that I really did like, uh, was when he was interviewed by, by Maureen Dowd, uh, you know, who, you know, for people who are too emotionally well adjusted to read New York times columns, uh, you know, Maureen Dowd is, um, is like the most vapid person on there. I mean, you know, she, she, she does this weird thing where she's sort of half meta commenting on politics, but in this very apolitical way. And it's very, I don't know. She's a political gossip columnist. Yeah. She's like, she, she's essentially a political gossip columnist. Sure. Uh, and in the, and so she interviewed Bernie Sanders and they were like sitting at a diner and she, she, you know, and he actually came with this like handwritten list on a, a sheet of notebook paper 
of topics he was willing to talk about. And she'd, she'd try to ask him about other stuff. Oh, do you think AOC could ever be president? Whatever. And he'd like actually hold up the list, be like, here are the list of the topics that I'm willing to talk about. And, and there's this, there's something about that that feels right to me. It's like, no, I mean, fucking ask me about healthcare. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you, you know, I'm not going to, I mean, I actually will in the parent room, but like for the sake of this example, I'm not going to tell you what I think about critical race theory because I don't care. I want to talk about healthcare. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Okay. So you said after I asked that question at the start with the opening gambit that you had some nitpicks about the framing. Um, yeah. What, what what would you do the nitpicks now? What, what, sure, what, sure, what's sure. wrong with my frame? Sure, and just to clarify, my frame was that it since we no longer have a, a feeling that the uh, dirtbag left, the anti-woke left, has a potential to aid in the transformation mm-hmm. of the Democratic Party to become more social democratic mm-hmm. and, and change the trajectory of the country towards some sort of, let's just say, socialist uh, agenda, um, we now no longer feel that the anti-woke arguments that are leftist arguments mm-hmm. uh, have much power. That would just to reiterate the, uh, the initial. Yeah. Framework. And I guess, I guess maybe I don't disagree with that as much as I thought maybe earlier. I mean, I, I, I guess the one thing that always sort of um, yanks at me is, you know, since I'm so used to seeing it and done in pretty disingenuous ways is when people talk about like, you know, the dirtbag left, even though I know that's a phrase that was coined by a, uh, you know, OG dirtbag leftist, Amber Lee Frost, um, you know, who, who, and, and really in, in, in her case, uh, very specific, like, um, you know, she meant something very specific or at least originally, which, which, uh, which is actually funnily enough. I mean, I, I like Amber. I've, I've interviewed her a couple times, uh, but I'm not sure that what she means is particularly something that I'm actually that enamored of. But uh, but um, you know, which what was it that she meant? What what did the so, dirtbag left? Yeah. So, well, so I mean, I think that, that. Well, okay. So I think there's part of what she meant by it, which is like really the more consistent element. Uh, but there's a sort of whole. She, uh, ironically enough, in current affairs. Uh, which uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I, I'm. Now, why know, is that okay. ironic, Ben? To explain why you say it's ironically in current affairs. Uh, was, current affairs was originally a big journal of the dirtbag left, wasn't it? They it was. Yeah. Angela Nagel. They published Amber Ali Frost. They published I don't know who else, but other people. Uh, Freddie, well. Freddie, Freddie DeBoer. Freddie, Freddie DeBoer. Yeah, um, which yeah. Not, not, and and not that I I exactly think that you know. Um, all of those people necessarily fall into the category, but like I think the sense that people often use the phrase "dirtbag left," they, those people all certainly would be right. Mm-hmm. And and um, and I think that uh, you know, current affairs has has taken a turn away from from dirtbagginess pretty hard. You know, in the last in the last few years, I mean, I don't I don't think any of those people um, would be published, or if they were, you know, they wouldn't be published writing those those articles that they wrote you know, for current affairs now. I mean, if you, I mean, in, in all of those cases, I mean, I can remember specific pieces they wrote in current affairs that, you know, I mean, I, I, I have, um, and I'm not, you know, my intention here is not to throw, you know, personal shade. I mean, I, I had, um, uh, 
you know, I, 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 I like Nathan. It's, it's not a state secret that we don't see eye to eye on some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, um, but like, man, uh, I remember the articles that Angela and Freddie were writing for, for current affairs mm -hmm. in like 2017 yeah. and that's stuff that I don't think like, I mean, whatever, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll really, uh, to really pull no punches about this, right? I, I don't think Jacobin would publish some of that stuff now, much less current affairs. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, even though like, you know, Bhaskar Sankar, the main editor of Jacobin probably agrees with every sentence of those articles, but like, you know, they, they're, they're somewhat, you know, and this is not. Do you have a particular article by Freddie DeBoer maybe that, <clears throat> that you don't think Jacobin would publish today? Yeah. And I mean, maybe they would, cause it's, it's, it's not like, cause they do sometimes do stuff like this, but I think that generally speaking, Jacobin is like somewhat controversy averse, right. That they, that they have, uh, that like over the course of having written many, many, many articles for them in the last couple of years, I've kind of developed a sense of what they'll probably publish and what they probably won't publish. And and sometimes I'm surprised, right. Sometimes I'm wrong, but like, uh, but I think that they, have you know but there are um even though you know like i think you know Bhaskar is somebody i don't think i have any substantive disagreements about this stuff with uh and, and you know i i think that they i think that they're very conscious about like picking battles and yeah. uh and that there are um uh and and that they and sometimes like battles that i want to pick sometimes just because like i'm pissed off right you know that they that they'll won't necessarily want to pick at that at that moment right so like i i think that um there's an article by angela nagel from like i want to say 2017 maybe 2018 current affairs that had the phrase self-flagellation in the title you know something like the politics of self-flagellation i don't think that was it exactly but it's like mm -hmm. it was something along those lines and it was kind of what that sounds like you know that it, that it was about how so much of of left politics uh is is about um or you know so much of broadly progressive politics maybe is is uh, is about this sort of weird toxic moralism uh and you know they're like i don't know that i agree with every single point in the article but i mean when i read that this was like already long after the period of angela nico writing for current affairs I thought, man that it's a good article and and mm -hmm. i don't think that they have to publish that now because because i think he has very different sensibilities uh about this this stuff uh or like freddie DeBoer, i remember he had one about why like representational politics was stupid uh that um which might be a little bit of a caricature of the article but it was like i think the, the jumping off point was uh was he was reacting to the like why you know oscar's so white you know that whole thing mm -hmm. uh and um but yeah, so back during this period of current affairs, uh, when they they tended to be somewhat more friendly toward towards these critiques, and I don't know, maybe if maybe if Nathan Robinson was on here, maybe he would say, no, I still agree with such and such, but I don't like the direction people. I, I don't know what his line about this would be, right? But my perception is that they've become much less friendly towards these sorts of critiques over the course of the last few years, and um, is. And and back in that period, Amber wrote an article called uh, "I Want to Say in Defense of Vulgarity." Vulgarity was in the title, uh, mm -hmm. and and it was it was in political vulgarity. I don't know. And the the article was uh, was all about like you know it was basically a fuck civility article that uh, that uh, that it's actually really good to for the left 
not to sort of, you know, uh, let the Trumps of the world have the, have the corner on political vulgarity. And she mm. went back to the history of the French revolution and the sort of like early, like revolutionary agitation where there'd be like, you know, very like sexual, you know, like parodies about Marie Antoinette and, you know, things like that. And, um, and so to the extent that that's part of what the whole dirtbag left thing means, then yeah, I don't know. I'm not unambivalent about that. Right. Like I think that, uh, get I, in I, the frame, get in the frame, Ben, get in the frame. <laughs> I think that, uh, man, that felt symbolic. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I think leave that, that in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, I did. I like, don't criticize the dirtbag left. No, I don't mean that that way. Well, can I voice, let me voice, let me try to be clairvoyant and voice what I think your objections might be. Sure, go for it. Okay, that the reason you don't want to give, she's saying you don't want to give Trump the market, you don't want to let Trump people corner the market on being vulgar. But the reason to avoid being vulgar and crude and using tactics of humiliation uh, as political weapons is because uh, you, in the process, debase yourself um, and you uh, risk um, losing sight of of the reasons and the principles and the even the aims of your politics. And it can become uh, simply straightforward uh, exercises of, of power. Um, and the left doesn't really have the, the actual far left doesn't have uh, the power. So if you're going to play, uh, you know, uh, games of personal uh, reputation, destruction or humiliation or insults, you know, the the leftist is more likely to lose in that kind of combat. And we benefit from some rules and some civility. And, and the, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the. Well, actually, like there was a point, man, I don't even remember, 2019, 2020 sometime when uh, Michael Brooks told me that an article he'd really like to exist. And he said that for a variety of reasons, he wouldn't be the right one to write it. But a article that he'd like to exist would be uh, in defense of respectability politics, uh, which um, which is, you know, what I, I said I'm a little ambivalent. Of course, that, that example maybe goes to that point because, I mean, the reason it would the reason that he uh, didn't want to personally write it is is that it probably would have seemed a little ridiculous, you know, coming from him. Uh, mm -hmm. And and I've, I've I've certainly participated in that and you know whatever. But like, uh, but uh, but you know, but also I think it makes some sense if you think even about some of his public commentary. You know, that like where you think back to sort of the example of the the civil rights movement and, and, you know, your, your sort of Martin Luther Kings and Bayard Rustins and, you know, all those people who, uh, who were, you know, these like basically very earnest social Democrats who, you know, like wear pressed suits and, you know, have, have, uh, um, like, and, and, and would like that there's something, um, that there's something to the idea that you'd actually like, aim at respectability in a certain way uh, in the course of, of pursuing radical politics that, that might actually make some sense uh, it, at least in some contexts. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and certainly I think the way that uh, some people on, on the left 
particularly the online left in the last, uh, you know, in the last several years have gotten like very addicted to this style of politics that is all about uh, kind of, you know, mockery and, and, um, and, and can, you know, and, and just kind of dunking on things, you know, that like, this is, this is something that is, you know, is, is not an unambiguous positive at the very least. Right. You know, that, that it's, it's, there's, there are reasons I think not to, um, I mean, I, I think that try, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I think it's good to, I think it's good to have a, a, a sense of humor and, and, and there are situations in which maybe you shouldn't pull your punches, but, um, but like, I, I, I wonder if, if we've like, uh, this sort of constant diet of that, right. Has had particularly good effects on us, you know, in the last, in the last few years. And if, um, and certainly if, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, since we have very little actual power, you know, if, if we're really gonna, gonna benefit, right. You know, from, from sort of constantly being in that mode, I mean, which, which is certainly something that, you know, Michael was, thinking about it the, at the very end, I mean, he, in that like little last fragment of, of writing, you know, that he wrote like the weekend before he died that, you know, was I quoted extensively in the uh, cosmopolitan socialism of Michael Brooks article I read for Jacobin. And I, 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 I read out the whole thing on a um, like tribute stream, you know, we did, uh, did for him, you know, mm-hmm. right after the anniversary uh, of his, his death. And, um, you know, he, he says something there about trying to be more um, intentional, you know, even in critique. And, you know, maybe some of that's like his like hippy dippy Buddhist side coming out, you know, but, uh, uh, but I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there's probably something to that. Uh, all that said, like, I've listened to Chapa more consistently than any other podcast for the last five years because I enjoy it. And, mm. um, and I, I, I think that like, I, I think being a little too, you know, and like, I don't necessarily advocate that we go nuts being like too precious, you know, about, mm-hmm. about, about, you know, rough jokes. Um, and, and there is something to this sort of um, idea that it might be good to have a left media ecosystem, you know, that, that has some, that has some chapos in it, you know, like I, I, I just, I guess maybe I just think that like, um, we, we could benefit from some other approaches, maybe, you know, having like having, you know, having a more prominent place and it not just being that. Uh, but, uh, but in any case, um, like part of why I, I push, like I, my instinct is always to push back when I hear the dirtbag left being used as a category is that um, I, I've seen so many instances of like, there was a daily beast article, I don't know, a few months ago, you know, where the, the title was about the dirtbag left. And, and so often, so often that phrase is kind of used to mean like whatever um, anybody who, I don't know, maybe has some sort of non-woke position and is a leftist and who often the author dislikes, right. You know, so it's like, it's like Chapo and it's, you know, Jimmy Dore and, you know, whatever. It's like and, and these things, these things feel very unlike each other to me. Yeah. They're totally uh, different. Um, 
But oh, I want to, oh, you know, and someone else who gets yeah. thrown in, maybe yeah, yeah. not as part of the dirtbag left, but as like a uh, an anti woke left or the alt left or uh, the the fake left yeah. uh, would be Glenn Greenwald. And yeah, yeah. So so, on- so 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 let's do Glenn. I just wanted to, I I, I just wanted to say that, and I don't I don't have anything really to say about this. I just want to register and we can move on. But is that is is as far as other nitpicks go, I think that like what the relationship is between in the long term between that sort of uh, left strategy you're talking about uh, and the Democratic Party as an institution, I, I think is a little bit more ambiguous than that. That said, I think fully defending that would probably involve me having like a worked out view about like, okay, um, do we, you know, how do we relate we, to the democratic party? Yeah. You know, we, yeah, which, which we could would, do a podcast on that sometime. We, we, you know? we could do a podcast on that. We could do like a series of podcasts on that uh, because it's a, it's a, it's an incredibly fraught and complicated subject. I don't know what to think entirely because like, I think that I think to a certain extent you have to right now, given present political conditions. But I also think that it's, I, I also think that it's like a death trap in certain ways. And I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I'm with uh, uh, the platypus affiliated society on this. Is what we have to do is build Jesus the dictatorship God. of the proletariat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll do the. We'll do. Okay. We've settled it. So now that we've decided to have a dictatorship of the proletariat, <laughs> yeah. uh, then uh, I guess that sorts that out. We could do. Yeah. Sorted. Sorted. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I knew that would get to you if I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I, I I was totally I, I I would I mean you like that totally worked. I was halfway through the sentence and I was mad, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, uh, have you so, hey I, have I, you I, done I, any of their panels? Have you done a platypus? I, 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 I actually I actually did, and and I should I I, I should say I've, I I have softened a bit, you know, on uh, uh, on them. I did one on like free speech with them, and uh, you know, it was, you know, they 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 like there were people there who said very like party line platypus things that I didn't agree with, but like overall I thought it was a good event. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a, uh, well, we'll, we'll save the platypus conversation for the, <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> um, okay. So, uh, okay. Glenn Greenwald. Um, yeah, let's do you it. were recently on his, in his sub stack and on his YouTube channel, right? Yeah. That- System update. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you've interviewed him before I've interviewed him once. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen him be interviewed lots of times um do you think that clint greenwald uh is uh, hewing to a, a certain kind of respectability politics or is he a dirtbagger uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question yeah. uh yeah i mean a little of each right like because 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 he he's pretty um you know he's pretty no holes barred on twitter uh and and he's um not at all, uh, you know, conflict averse, uh, to put it mildly. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I mean, I think that probably, um, my preferred speed of, of, of picking fights is probably somewhere in between, you know, uh, the, uh, the editors of Jack and Glenn Greenwald, right. You know, but, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, yeah. I was listening to Blocked and Reported, and this is probably a big reveal that I listened to that show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that tells I'll, you everything I'll, you need to know about me. But yeah, um, 
I, but I, I, I find it. Very, yeah, it's, it's, it's very generous of you that you're not, you're not outing me as a regular blog reported. Oh, oh, oops. Now you've added yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but I find it to be an entertaining yeah. podcast. I don't find it to be necessarily politically enlightening or helpful, uh, exactly, but it's entertaining. And they had a whole, uh, section of one of their podcasts about Glenn Greenwald's tweets and response to uh, a story that had been written was it by the dog, dog owner? The dog owner. Yeah, yeah I listened. The dog, to that. the dog owner got a COVID, a dog during the COVID lockdown. The dog was a biter, couldn't be trained not to bite. It really hurt some people apparently, and had to be put down. And Greenwald was just sure that this person was the worst pet owner in the universe. Yeah, yeah. It was really hard on her. And I understand he has a lot of feelings about dogs because he owns dogs. And but the fact that Greenwald spent time on Twitter going after this person who'd written a story about putting their dog down to me, told me, told me that basically Greenwald does have a Twitter problem. Like he, you know, that he has, yeah. he has, he has a part of the call out culture. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Can I just do two minutes of like, you know, my, yeah, my, my, my take on Glenn Greenwald before we get into the specifics. Yeah. So, so I, my, my view about Glenn Greenwald is that one, I, I I really think like as much as I think we should get away from obsession with like overall evaluation of individuals anyway, and and that's a, a big part of my point in the book and, and other contexts. But you know, since inevitably that's what we're doing here, right? You know, we're gonna have Glenn Greenwald conversation. There's mm -hmm. some evaluation of individual stuff going on here, mm -hmm. and and I think if you are gonna play that game, I mean, I think that uh, I think that. I think that Glenn has has done some like genuinely using this word, you know, in a very judicious way, genuinely heroic things. Um, first with the NSA story and and then even more so in some ways in the last couple of years in in, in Brazil. I mean, I, I think I think the time the second time I interviewed him when it was about his his new book about Brazil, I regard as like the best probably the best episode we ever did. On give them an argument, uh, and um, and and it was um, you know I mean like like he he went through like there was like a there were like months where like every single day on Brazilian Twitter like one of the trending topics was deport Glenn and you know he he couldn't go anywhere without like an armored car and armed guards and and uh, uh, and that's like a, a level of you know, I mean, Jesus. I mean, I, 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 I write books and talk on podcasts, right? I mean, like, like I think that any discussion of this has to start with, like, you know, like this is something that uh, I, I think there's something very wrong with you if you're if you're a leftist in um, in the United States and relative comfort, you know, whatever, who, and and you don't have some respect for those those contributions. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's the first thing. Second thing is that. Um, Politically, uh, I think he has bad takes on certain issues. Um, uh, the, you know, I, I think the Senate, like weirdly, you know, like, like, like I think he had a surprisingly actually bad take on, on that when, when that came up, we can get into that. But the, uh, but just to, just to finish the overall take, you know, that like that was, but that's also a relatively rare exception. I think that like most of his substantive like policy positions are good. You know, like probably ninety percent of them, you know, are good from my perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, and and he has, and and at least in terms of like his work on the Substack and the Intercept before that, and the Guardian before that, and so on before that, right? I mean, like the 
the Twitter fights and stuff are unrepresentative of what most of it's about, you know, and, and, and a lot of it has been about very important issues. And, and I think he's, he's done, uh, I think he's, he's done good work. I, that said, uh, you know, I, I would criticize, you know, and I also find him personally likable. Uh, that said, um, I think a, um, I often disagree with his judgment about people. Uh, that uh, you know, like 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 which, uh, when when he sort of perceives, um, you know, relates to to media figures and whatnot. You know, like I I, I often think that the the people who he um, who he has an instinct to to defend or to to sort of you know I, I I'm often not all on the same page about that. And and there have been times when he he uh, you know I mean not to just just to sort of be honest about it and cop to the the high school aspect of this. You know, there, there have been times that he's, he's, he's gone after, you know, people who, who I, you know, mean something to me. I thought, Hey, come on, man. Right. You know, and, and, uh, and also I, I do have some larger disagreements with him about like political strategy, not like policy, but, you know, but political, like how to evaluate the landscape and, you know, who's, a potential ally or enemy, things like that, right? Like that, I have some disagreements about that, and and also, and yeah, I mean, if, I I do think like, look, I I say this from the perspective of someone who's too online. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm clearly too online. I think that if you like followed me around for a week and saw like how much time I spend, you know, on my phone or on the computer, and you know, and and engaging with what when. And you compare that to the list of like shit that I have to do for various commitments. You know, think like, like you'd have an intervention and you'd be right to do so. I'm too online, but Glenn Greenwald is like way, way, way too online. Like, like clearly he's just massively too online and and too too invested in in uh, in, in in Twitter shit. I mean, I think that's I think that's that's pretty that's pretty clear. I think that it would be I would it would do him. Maybe he can't right. Maybe for the kind of media stuff that he does, he couldn't do this. But I, I think um, I think that he would massively benefit from somehow, you know, from somehow just taking a long break. And I don't know if he like gave, a, you know, if he if he hired somebody where he lives in Brazil to like, you know, transcribe, you know, he could like write his Substack post in a typewriter and, you know, hand it to them to, you know, to transcribe and put online, you know, that they that uh, that he would be he would be better off. And, and probably the effect of him doing that is we'd all have a much more balanced view of him. Well, I want to tell a, a tender story and it will actually relate awesome to Glenn Greenwald. <laughs> um, I'm going through a divorce, so I'm on Tinder now and yeah. everyone should look me up on Tinder, you know, hit me up. Um, uh, uh, but I matched with a 35 year old woman who um, I thought was really cute. She was dressed um, like a millennial. She's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with striped pants and she just had a style to her. And uh, uh, I, I, I swiped right. And uh, luckily enough, she swiped right later. I was shocked. And um, uh, I, I reached out to her, said, hey, you know, you, I want you to be my future ex-wife. And, <laughs> and she's like, well, I'm sorry. I'm going, to, I'm going back to L.A. Um, and then she kind of figured out who I was uh, yeah. over the course of the conversation. She's yeah. like, oh, you work for Zero Books? I love Zero Books. I'm a huge uh uh michael brooks fan uh, rest in peace rest in power you know blah blah and uh she's on the left works in so- does social work of some kind um and then she said what do you think of glenn greenwald 
<laughs> well, good thing she already said she's going back to LA, so you can answer that one honestly. <laughs> right, right, right. And like, and I told her I sent her links to like the the I love Glen Glen uh, Glen Greenwald video that I made uh, and why you should too or something and 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 the interview I did with him and like she gets back to LA and she's like, I want to talk to you on the phone. <laughs> and so we like, and she's very nice actually. And she likes uh, Adolf Reed. She's Chapo fan. You know, she's, she's, she's a dirt bagger. Let's yeah. say, but, but um, she just couldn't like, she said, I understand he's done a lot of good journalistic work, but I think he's a narcissist and, and I hate his guts. And my response was, well, yeah, you're perfectly free and, and, you know, it's fine for you to hate Glenn, Glenn Greenwald's guts. I think he would admit he's an asshole. So, um, but nonetheless, you know, he does good work. As a I, I would, it's it's kind of, yeah. Um, I was just, I, you, I was really disappointed that she was lived in LA. <laughs> and, <laughs> which, which, which is, which is kind of this, funny. She, she could have been my future ex-wife. I well, you, well, I mean, what, I, what I'm getting out of the story is just moved to Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, go for it, uh, but but <laughs> and I can't. I got I got kids here. And, eh, that's fine. That's fine. Your wife, your ex wife, can take care of them. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, but I sure. Um, no, as I all I was gonna say is I was as I was listening to that story, I was just reflecting on the fact that like there are good things about this and bad things about this, but uh, you know, I'm I'm married to somebody who you know has has. Uh, you know, progressive political inclinations and will sometimes, you know, take an interest in what's going on in, you know, the news, you know, but like is hilariously far from being like the kind of like weird political obsessive that we are. Uh, and, and, and like, I, I, I think every time I say like Glenn Greenwald, I have to say, you know, the guy with all the dogs and she's like, Oh yeah, right. Okay. I know, I know which one. You're talking about, right? Uh, or like you know Sam Cedar, it's like oh yeah, he does the voice of Hugo on Bob's Burgers. It's just like oh yeah, right Hugo. Okay, I remember now. You know, <laughs> right, right. It's funny that he's the guy with all the dogs, but he boy does he make sure that his dogs are heard in every appearance he makes, whether it's on Fox <laughs> News or your podcast. The, well, the I dogs think there are like, the like a hundred dogs wandering around, so I don't know how much you can control that. But, uh, I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. I listened to that. I listened to that that episode about the dog killer. Uh, and, you know, I think that, uh, you know, that, that Katie, uh, who, who does, I don't know. It's hard to say. I have a, uh, um, like my, I mean, I'd actually be fascinated, uh, to, to just have somebody do like a really dry interview with Katie Herzog sometime, Jesse too, but especially Katie. Cause I feel like I have less idea. In I've interviewed face. Jesse in a kind of dry way, and you know, as I uh, as I do, um, and he was he was worthwhile. But I should talk to Katie sometime. No, no, no. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I've, 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 yeah, I actually interviewed Jesse twice. Uh, one of them is lost to the ages because of a recording problem, but uh, the uh, the other one, uh, the other one is you know you can find on YouTube, and uh, and Jesse, I feel like I have a little bit more of an idea. Uh, but like, really, like, 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 I would actually just be kind of fascinated, like, in Katie's case, be like, somebody just gave her an interview with, like, there was just like a, it was just like a survey, you know, it's like, okay, here's a political issue, tell me what you think. Here's another issue, you know, tell me what you <laughs> right, think. Right, right. You know, like, figure like, out like, where you know, she is on that that 
political compass, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like no, no irony, no, no layers of anything. Just like, just, mm-hmm. just like, you know, up or down next issue, you know, like, like, like just, just cause I don't really know. I mean, even on the like, penalty pro or against that kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? No, exactly. Right. Like, and, and even on, um, you know, like even on the trans stuff, like I have, you know, which is what people get the most mad at them about. Uh, although, you know, not the only thing um, like, like I think in, in Jesse's case, I, I have a decently good idea. I, I have a sort of vague impression that if we really drill down into the details, Katie might think some stuff I disagree with about that. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, but it's, it's not, um, although also, you know, I mean, my, my position, you know, is that the, the most like, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's also kind of funny because it is such a supercharged, you know, issue in the culture war that like, um, that we sort of excommunicate each other much more for having like slightly wrong views on that right like even even within people who basically say like obviously you shouldn't be an asshole about what pronouns to use you know to to refer to somebody and obviously we should have anti-discrimination ordinances and you know etc cetera, etc cetera, right you know that they like like that they're sort of like right on the brass tacks you know which i think both of them are like definitely in jesse's yeah. case you know they uh uh but like you know, when it comes to sort of slightly wrong theoretical views on that, right? Like, I, I think we tend to excommunicate each other for a little bit more. Like, okay, do you think like, you know, there's such a thing as gender identity, or or should we just think in terms of like medical dysphoria, or is there something in between those two categories that's helpful? Like, it's like I think we tend to be very quick to write each other off about stuff like that, which is kind of funny because like if you get like, because like if you were to do like similar structurally similar debate about other analytic category like okay you know should class be understood as you know income level or relationship to the means of production right you know then like um there's man, clearly you know, some i mean i think that's worth excommunicating people around you yeah, know, yeah, that's we that's actually, that's what we actually should be excommunicating people for, <laughs> you, know, like, uh, you know but it, but, it, but it's funny right because it's like i i think i um I, I think I'm like a little bit like, man, I mean, like even, I mean, I'm supposed to be like this, this obnoxious uh, class reductionist. And I like, I think even I might be a little bit more tolerant, you know, like about people with bad views about that, you know, cause like, Oh, sure. It, yeah. It's, 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 it's just kind of baked in. Right. You know, like you sort of expect that it's like, okay, outside of your little socialist, you know, corner, right. Everybody's yeah. going to have kind of bad views about that and whatever. After, you know? Outside of the platypus affiliated society. <laughs> Yes, the platypus society is correct. Everybody else is a little bit wrong because they, they don't understand. Actually, no, I, I don't think they're actually right about uh, class. Um, all right. So, uh, listen, was, we've been talking for 45 minutes. I feel as though we had a nice chat. I hope that people enjoyed listening to it. It was not as focused as as maybe some of my other podcasts, because but people just have to bear with me. I'm, I'm going through a bit of a, of a, a life change. I'm on Tinder. I want to reiterate that. And, if, and everyone should join us in the Patreon, uh, uh, in the Parrot Room, uh, for an even less focused conversation where we'll talk about critical race theory, the platypus-affiliated society, and more on uh, Tinder. Thanks for watching this Zero Books video. If you enjoyed it, subscribe to this channel 
and click on the notifications bell so that you'll be alerted whenever we release a new video. You should also consider supporting us on Patreon. Our patrons get access to our Inside Zero Books podcast every week and can get access to the Zero Books Book Club and help us to continue making online content from the left.